Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. All right. So let's just go ahead and get started. I'm Vita Starr, along with Kenny, the famous Kenny. World famous. I've been, doing, famous. I've, been, I've been doing drops <laughs> on people's mixtapes over in the UK. And oh, I've been shit. Saying, I swear, I've been saying, my, I'm getting Dewey's from the world famous Champagne Sharks. I'm dead serious. I've I love like it. Five of them. You got to talk about it like that. They don't know we're not real famous. They have no idea. What, yeah, they don't know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, before we started recording, Kenny and I were talking about um, a news story. And I should probably pull it up so I don't fuck up the details that I do have. Um... It was a woman, I believe she's a black woman, mm-hmm. who killed herself in the process. I'm sorry, was killing, killed someone else in the process of killing herself. She was a single mother of two. According to what I've seen online, she was battling depression and the stress of, you know, she was Being raising kids. Yeah, yeah, raising she was a single mom, herself. she was raising kids right. alone. And, and it's very stressful. You're a single parent. Um, I absolutely am. I'm sure you can relate to how stressful it can be. Absolutely. Um, how, how, old was, how old was she? I didn't get the age. Uh, let's see. She looked young. She looked like she was in her mid-20s. She looked really young. She had to be in her 20s, though. Yeah. It does. I don't have her age here. Let me see if I can pull up the actual full article. Um, so I'm trying to find the actual news story. I mostly saw the people screenshotting the headlines. Yeah, I don't have her age, but she's definitely younger than 30, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, black don't crack, but she's look really young. Yeah, young. Skin, <laughs> skin look real tight. Real tight. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's really, it's a sad situation. She uh, drove into an oncoming car and killed them and herself. Right. And it was, you know, people are, the conversation around it is just like, basically, we can't judge the situation. You know, she had mental illness and it's the only aspect people want to talk about. Fuck the nigga she killed, right? Right. <laughs> but, right. Right. Yeah. So Kenny and I were just talking about the role of depression and um, suicidality and how it works and at least how we've seen it in our own lives, people that we care about and the impact it has had on us. Um, but also talking about how as black people, we tend to want to give leeway to mental health issues when it's us only. Um, even if we're the ones in the wrong, um, but we don't really look at that when things are being done to us. So for example, a school shooter, not even to us, right? It's just anybody's a school shooter. Nobody's, everybody's upset because mental health comes up or a serial killer, you know, uh, gets caught and then the mental health conversation comes up and then black people get really upset about it. Like you guys right. are making excuses for him and the news probably is, let's not lie. Well, yeah, but no, <laughs> two, two things can be true. Two things can be true. And at the same time, mental illness and mental health issues I've dealt with and I've been very open about it. And many people that, you know, you know, have been very open about it. And it's something that we get the weight and the gravity of. So it's not a loss on us. But at the same time, it's really frustrating to me when we only want to have that mental health conversation in one aspect, because if we have it in other aspects, all of them, including things that are wrongly done to us, I think we're we're, we're better equipped to prevent these situations. Right. But we don't want to do that. Right. right we just want right. to pick and choose when mental health plays a plays a role in a heinous act. Right. Well, you know, the thing about it is like people a lot of times 
I mean, let's just throw it out there. A lot of people don't even understand what mental illness is. A lot of these people are dealing with mental illness and they don't even know anything about it. We've talked about this before, how instead of people going to get help, they go to Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So there's always these little instances where someone don't check themselves, but they want to speak on what someone else is doing. When it comes to our community, it's a foregone conclusion. We know that we don't get no help. We won't even we won't even we won't even address it. We'll address it with some weed, some Hennessy, Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. or men. You know what I'm saying? In our sex lives, basically, yeah, yeah. We'll (laughs) we'll address it. We'll address it any other kind of way except professionally. And when it's brought up that way, it's all right. Ain't going to talk to no white folks. We'll go get a black therapist. Man, I'm dealing with that right now. With someone, yeah, go get a black therapist. <clears throat> what are you talking kid. about? You know, I'm saying go get a black therapist. What there's no excuse. I mean, yeah, I, I'm black actually out there. dealing with a kid who's dealing with some issues with her parents. And I asked her, I said, Well, would your her father in particular, would your father be willing to go to family therapy mm-hmm. to work on your communication? So I think they're really trying, I think dad is trying. That has some cultural traditions that he's believed in. So there's some cultural cultural traditions around parenting and connecting with your daughter in particular that are very different than what I was raised with. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, but she she said, well, he might be open to what the problem is, the grandmother, which I thought was interesting that this man's mother would even have a say <laughs> in whether or not this man goes to um, therapy with his daughter. But she was like, saying, well, her grandmother's 100% against it. She said, well, you don't need the white folks in your business. She <laughs> assumes all therapists are white or that psychology in itself is just whiteness. Right. Um, but at the same time, your granddaughter is suffering. And the biggest factor is she has no connection with her parents. She feels like her parents don't love her. Right. It's a horrible thing for a kid to feel. She's been you know, feeling like that. The thing about it is then you ask grandma, okay, well, what's the solution then? Right. Well, she just need to, oh, okay, you don't know. And you already know what it is. It's yeah, already, she just, she just need needs to, to stop acting yeah. that way. She needs yeah, to stop it's, it's her behaving fault. herself and just do what she's told. But right. she's a kid who's suffering. Kids who are suffering ain't going to do what they told. She's doing all kinds of other shit, trying to figure out who the fuck she is. She feels, she feels unloved, but you can't get, and this is the thing that worries me. And this is just in regards to mental health and how we ignore it. We ignore it up until something happens. Absolutely. And then we're devastated or mm-hmm. we're angry. But mm-hmm. we miss all the signs before it even gets to that point. Yep. You know? And I think that's one of the things that really frustrates me. Because even when I see the people show clips of a situation, right, of an incident, and they'll only show you the the escalated part of the incident. You never yeah. see what occurred before that, right? Like, they'll show you a kid and a student, a teacher and a student fighting, right? right. Yeah, fighting is wrong. I'm against violence. It definitely shouldn't be hitting your teacher. We don't know what happened yeah. five minutes before that occurred. And chances are that teacher or the people around missed all the signs and opportunities to prevent a situation before it happened. Right, right. So I think that's kind of my issue with it's like, why do we wait until something like this happens? Now, all of a sudden, people are concerned about mental health. Well, there was a video that was going around. This was probably last year, uh, last summer during when the pandemic was really, really going. And uh, there was a girl who got killed by the police and she was fighting another girl and she was running at the girl with a knife. And people were saying, all oh, the girl was in a, in a group home. And all we, I don't know what the girl was doing. All I know is she was charging at another black girl, a black girl charging another black girl with a knife and the cops shot her. Right. I remember that situation. You remember that? And the Nobody was mad it, at the cop. They but was mad I, at the cop. But the thing that was crazy to me is that there were other adults around in that situation before the it, cop it, even showed up. That's the whole, and that's my whole point. So at the end of the day, we have people that, and of course I get it. Like this is social media is where all these conversations take place most of the time. They don't know what the hell they're talking about because let me tell you something. If that was my daughter or if that was my sister and some girl was charging at her with a knife and a cop is there, you better stop that motherfucker. I'm dead serious. There is no- Dead ass serious. There is no- um. There is no secondary option. 
You know what I'm saying? When someone is charging at you with a knife, if there's no cops there and someone's charging at you with, with a knife, you are going to either run or try to disarm this person so they don't kill you. And you're probably going to kill them. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? This, it, it, all of this shit, this ain't, some stuff ain't got to be political. So like, like the woman that drove into this man and killed him and killed herself, that ain't political. Right is right, wrong is wrong. Now, what we don't know is what was going on before that happened. All we know is what everybody is saying. You know exactly. Saying? She's the a single mom. Okay, well, she ain't the only single mom. Okay, well, what was going on as a single mom? Was she dealing with an abusive situation with the father? Was something going on with the system? Was she on Does medication? That, was she on medication? Because, you know, the system plays a huge part in that, too. Was her kids about to get taken? Like, oh, what was yeah. going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I've seen, I've worked for DHS in the welfare office. I've seen that before, where a mom comes in trying to get resources. One conversation leads to another, and she lost her kids. And she's yeah. up in the in the in the office fighting people. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. She came in to get food stamps. Now all of a sudden, y'all talking about her kids getting took, and now she got this lady in a headlock. Yeah, and you know what pisses me off about situations like that? And I've seen that happen because I've worked with families where that happened to them. Yeah. Most of the time, and this is kind of off the topic, but just connect to what you're talking about. Most of the time, situations like that happen. The reason why they take the kids is because they said the kids aren't being well taken care of. Right. But they will be well taken care of if you gave them some money. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, 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 <laughs> like, right, right. Like you're, you'd rather send Because that's what this is all about. Foster. It's about poverty. They will send those kids to a foster family, give the foster family money mm -hmm. for the kid, take away the kid from the mother, put them in a whole other situation. Now, mind you, just being separated from your parent is a trauma in itself. Even if you had the nicest foster home on earth, you were separated from your mother. Right. And, it's, and, and the reason you were separated from your mother is because of the fact that she cannot afford to take care of you. So they would rather traumatize you, put you in a whole other home where they don't know what the fuck is going on in there. Right. Give them the money to take care of you. That always trips me out. Yeah, so I've seen there was a story but some kids that that happened to they was going from foster they went from their parents and i think the parents were on drugs or they died or, i can't remember what the story was with the parents but they placed the kids in foster home one of the sons got placed in a foster home with jerry you know jerry west is laker jerry west jerry west's nephew and jerry west's nephew raped this kid for like eight years oh my fucking god yeah jerry west's nephew jerry west mr laker his nephew they Am buried I, that story good i don't never yeah i happened to see it online on um soft white underbelly and the dude he's like they, they was asking you know what happened to him what happened to his family i mean it's totally tragic his whole family mm. is just tragedy but to get placed with jerry west's nephew and to be raped for eight years by jerry west's nephew he ended mm. up going to prison he got like 48 years in prison or something good good but Still, like he's just getting passed around, and then you, 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 you know, they pass you to a place that's worse than where you came from. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. So I can imagine a mother being frustrated enough to want to beat somebody ass in DHS. <laughs> my point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I can definitely see that. But you know, but like you were saying, we don't know what happened before that with this incident when this woman um, hit this other person with her car, um, hit this other person's car. But I always think about the, the medication aspect, too, because I was listening to this really interesting podcast. It's called Murder in um, Illinois, I think it was. And it was about the Christopher Vaughn case in Illinois, where this man was convicted of murdering his wife and children in a car. And 
because of him saying he didn't remember the incident, he knew what was going on. They arrested him. They assumed he was guilty. They found all they know. They had found a lot of evidence that showed that he was looking to go into Canada or something and mm-hmm. hike. And then they, they found this equipment that he had ordered. He had an affair in Mexico. So they found all these things to basically make this guy look like, oh, he clearly was going to kill his wife and kids and escape to be with somebody else. Right. Well, turns out the equipment that he had was because his family, his family, he grew up with his parents and everything. They always go camping. They're outdoorsy people. So he always had a lot of camping equipment and things like that. Um, he did have an affair, which he did admit to. Mm-hmm. Um, or he where he slept with someone. I don't know if he had a full on affair, but he slept with someone when he was out of town. He he admitted to that, and him and his wife were working on that. So they, the relationship did have problems. But as the case was continuing, and the guy got convicted, he's still in prison today. Mm-hmm. I believe he's still in prison today. Um, but it turns out that that his wife was actually on medication, and when the forensics went came out, it turned out it was impossible for him to have killed them. Mm-hmm. Right? It clearly had to be her based off of the forensics and how they they, they went through everything they could to try to, to try to show what could have possibly happened in that car. Right. And because of how the bodies were placed and everything and everything where the blood was, they were able to determine that he couldn't have done it. Come to find out this woman was on medications bef- and this was a time before doctors knew a combination of certain medications could cause this problem. Right, right. Where people end up killing themselves and someone with them. They get really paranoid. Mm-hmm. You know, they think somebody's trying to hurt them and their children so they think, I want to kill myself and my kids or whoever's around them. Right. Um, but this is this combination of medication nobody knew at that time so they accused this man convicted this man and we don't even know if and i'm saying we don't know for sure because we don't know anything for sure we weren't there but the evidence is showing well there's a likelihood that this woman's medication had her in this position and then when he find the guy did admit later that he did remember what happened he said the full story and everything he said fit the forensics but he didn't want his wife to get he just couldn't he couldn't fathom his wife murdering his children damn he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't so even when he was being accused he never once um threw his wife under the bus he just couldn't fathom that so he so he fell on that grenade he fell on the grenade because he didn't Sheesh. want his wife's legacy to be he just couldn't when he couldn't process it and he also didn't want to ruin his wife's name she just died or she was just you know she just killed herself she just killed the kids and he's trying to he just lost his entire family in an instant yeah so it didn't matter his his life for him his his life was over because his right. life was his family his family's gone and he was shot but apparently he was getting out of the car like he was running out of the car when she shot him she had already shot the kids and she shot him and, and it, they had he, all the forensics they had all the forensics but the the way the but you know how this this shit go cops get tunnel vision so all mm-hmm. they want to do is they they have you as a suspect so they want to find all the evidence that can make you a that suspect. can make you uh, guilty so you're right. guilty until proven innocent exactly so and so they'll eliminate any other evidence that might exist right that counters that but my point was just that even medications can cause certain things to happen. And mm-hmm. we should be talking about that. It's not about making excuses for what that woman did, because we don't really know what was going on in her head. I have no idea. All I know is somebody like the woman in, in the initial story, you know, somebody's dead. She's you dead. Know, what ended up happening is people started internalizing it and putting themselves in the story. You know, at the end right. of the day, it ain't about you, you fucking weirdo. It's not about you. <laughs> okay. You don't have because she's black or because she's a woman or because of whatever. It has nothing to do with you. You need to stand outside of the situation and analyze this. What is going on? That's the first question. Right. That's the first question is what is going on? What happened here? Not how do we make excuses off the top? headline didn't say anything about mental illness, did it? I didn't see that. Somebody okay. else said that she was dealing with it they don't even know so the headline until until there's a uh, a court date or a family member that comes and speaks about what's going on we have no idea what was going on all we know is what happened 
right? Yep. But what happens is people start internalizing this stuff because these people deal with mental illness. And they just won't do anything about it. That's the problem. Yo. They refuse to do anything about it. And, and you know, I think they think doing something about it is like what you said, whining on social media. Yes. I have this and I have that. And as a person who has a lot of the shit that people be talking about, right. I get help. One of the things you'll always notice, if I talk about my mental health, I'm also providing resources. I say, right. this book helped me. This right. information helped me. I'm never just like, oh, let me just get on here and whine about how depressed I feel today. I feel depressed sometimes. Mm-hmm. It happens. You know, when you battle clinical depression, it happens. And after all the shit that's happened to me, I've learned that these things are fleeting. Like they change, right? Your moods oh, yeah. change. Yeah. You have a day where you can get through everything. And then you have a day where you don't want to leave the house, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and not because you're just tired. You just... The idea feel like of being, it just ain't there. yeah, exactly. You don't right? have the capacity to get up, get dressed, and go leave the house. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and there's those, a lot of things. There's a lot of mitigating factors that play into that. It could be your diet. It could be the weather. It could be medication you're taking. Mm-hmm. It could be the lack of rest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It could be if you're a person that is going in a in a relationship and there's some issues in the relationship, it can make you depressed. Like it is so many different right. mitigating factors that people don't want to talk about or pay attention to. They rather just talk about the, the mental illness they have, victim bully other people. Oh my God, yes. They're gonna victim bully you and make it like their mental illness is more important than Being anything. Yours. So there's that little bit of sprinkle of narcissism in there. Oh my you know god. What I'm that drives me and, up the fucking wall. And they will. They want all the excuses for their mental illness or their health. Oh, I've suffered from like you ever get into argument with somebody and you're debating at the topic. It's nothing personal to them. Then all of a sudden they make it personal and about them. Yep. And they start tripping on you like, oh well, I have this and I have that. Well, nigga, me too. You know, like it didn't used to be like that back in the day. Like back in the day, people would hide that. But in the with the the advent of social media, now everybody's got a long scroll. They got the Dead Sea Scrolls of every mental illness you could think of, and I'm like, well, damn, you got so many damn problems. How the hell are you functioning on Twitter? Yo, I don't. I, I really think some people they don't. And the thing is, they they talk about it like it's the most like you can if you have if you're dealing with mental health issues. Um, they what's a couple of things. Let me say this: when they get mad at let's say a white person who did something heinous, right? And the mental health conversation comes up. The first thing out their mouth is mental health isn't an excuse. Mental illness is not an excuse. You can't label mentally ill people this way. This is a stigma attached to mental illness that we're, that we're violent people and all this stuff. I wish people could say that shit because there are different types of mental health issues. There are different mental illnesses. You know what I mean? My anxiety and depression, ADHD and all that stuff is not the same as uh schizophrenia <laughs> right, <laughs> right? so we can't say well this this is a stigma for all mental illness no it's not this person had a mental illness this person uh did this heinous act as a result of not only mental illness i don't think it's the mental illness alone it's usually other things other people missing signs other people uh compiling on the person who's already got a mental illness like the school shooters are usually kids who are bullied and right. teachers didn't do shit i don't even blame the kids because kids bully all the time they tease all, all the, the time. time yeah yeah oh, you know what all these shoot. adults in these schools are the ones that aren't doing shit i don't blame I, I have the kids. a kid there's a kid you know i work in schools right so mm-hmm. this is a true story there's a kid he's a freshman he came to school and uh he stood in front of his classroom and said that he's been researching school shooters and he had an explosive. I'm not making this up. Immediately, everybody's like, what the fuck? Now, he's a freshman. They immediately, one, got him out of the school. Now, he was able to come back, but they attacked the situation the right way. 
Security didn't jump on him and all this kind of stuff. They didn't post it on social media and all that kind of stuff. They literally had a conversation with him and his parents. Come to find out, the kid, it was uh, they caught him researching something on a computer, and he just talked about it in class. It wasn't that he was going to do it. But it was something that he was researching and someone caught him on the computer doing, you know, researches. So they went, they went ahead and had the conversation like, OK, what's going on? Talk to That's the mom. That's how you handle it. Right. So they they literally formed a village around this kid. You know what I'm saying? Now, they did do some stuff. They had to do some stuff just based on protocol. Like when he come to school, they got to pat him down every day. You know what I'm saying? Just to make sure he's straight, you know. So they did do that for a little while. And then all of a sudden he became really cool. The security guard is this brother that um. He's real. He's real good, dude. And him and the security guard is hella cool now, real tight. And I'm like, you know, that's probably all he needed. You know what I'm saying? He come into a new school. He's a freshman. He don't know nobody. He had an incident where he might have been researching something and they looked on the computer and saw it. They put a target on him and the people, the administration didn't treat him like a criminal. They didn't treat him like, you know, something crazy was going on. They literally figured out what was going on. Him and the security guard have a real good conversation. They see each other every day. Now they tight. Now think about it like this. That's a pretty extreme uh, situation that someone had to react to, right? Right. Committing a violent act at the school, researching school shooters. Definitely, that's that's really big. Right. Now, let's take it to something a little bit smaller. Kids who fight in class Mm -hmm. or in school, Mm -hmm. right? Fight each other, fight other students. How come nobody ever takes that approach with them? Now, it's funny you said that. I was reading a story the other day. And this is in, where is this at? Hold on, let me find it. There was a situation, I want to get the city right. There was a situation, uh, it's called, okay, Louisiana. So down in Louisiana, there's this thing called Dads on Duty. So Dads on, did you hear about that? How about Dads on Duty? Yep. So Dads on Duty is is all black men, and it's about 30, 40 of them. They come to the school every single day because there were fights at this school in Louisiana every single day. So the dads are at the school every day. You know what? There ain't no more fights. There has been no more fights. And they they asked, what was it that the dads were doing to mitigate all these this violence and fights? They just having conversations with people. Right. I watched the video. And what I noticed, these weren't men who were walking around beating their chest. These, mm-hmm. you need a man around here. Mm-hmm. I got to be aggressive and, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of shit. And bully kids. Notice what the kids said? Oh, they just look at us. They just you look know. at them. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. give us a look. Yep. And, you know, the only thing I didn't like about that video was the news interviewer. He's like, you niggas don't have education either. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Really like, they, like yeah, like you got to have a degree to have to be a dad. <laughs> right. You don't have a degree in counseling. Like, nigga, he's this, their dad's on duty. Nobody ever asks moms that kind of question. If, if anything, you know I mean? no, no, if anything, you need to go talk to the counselor and figure out why they got all this damn education and can't do their job. Say that, Kenny. Say okay. that. Exactly. Why, why the, and, and I already know the answers because most of them don't give a fuck. They ain't they kids. All Those the, ain't they kids. You know what all yeah. the dads do? All they do is wear t-shirts and show up. Just show that's all they and do. And the kids is show say, up. and the kids say, yeah, they tell us these corny ass jokes like most dads do. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and they right. said, Well, I like having them around. And it wasn't just black kids, Latino kids said the same shit. Right. They was like, Oh, we like having them around. Yeah. You know, they tell yeah. us jokes, they ask about us and joke with us. And I mean, how good does that feel to know that there's just, you know, and, and what I really loved about that, I was thinking about how much safer I would have felt as a girl because I hated the security at my school. Right. They were terrible and all that. And as far as I'm concerned, most of them were sexually assaulting the girls anyway. Right. Um, and, I, and and that's not even a secret. Most people know that's what I see school security do. I would have felt safer knowing that someone's dads, you know what I mean, were on campus. 
Right. You know, like, oh, this is somebody's dad. I know so-and-so, you know, hey, what's up? You know, it's good to know you guys are around and making sure the staff ain't picking on us. I'm, I guarantee you, I, I, I used to they do that all too. The time. I guarantee I, you. One of the, I think me and Mario talked about this. And, you know, when school was about to come back in, what I noticed was they were just making this real big deal and low-key lying, you know what I'm saying, about why kids need to, be, need to be in school and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, man, school is daycare for a lot of these people. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a fuck about what what goes on at school when their kids is there. This is daycare for them. They just they don't want they they spent a whole year with their kids in the house and they can't take it no more. They want them niggas out. They want their kids out of the house. They don't care what happens while they at school. You know what I'm saying? And that's a problem. And the reason why that's a problem is because when you look at what the dads is doing, they at the school. And right. then you got these other parents who don't even want to be at the school. They don't want to be there. They don't want the school calling. They just want their kids in school. I had a and teacher. And they take shifts. That was the other thing. They, yeah. So they, they take shifts. So they, they, gotta work they got jobs. Yeah, they got to <laughs> work. You know what I'm saying? They got jobs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like at the end of the day, it's like, no, this, this is that whole cliche. It takes a village. It's cliche, but it's the truth. Because I've heard even... People I work with, uh, admin, administrations, they come up with all kinds of reasons why they kids need to be in school. And I listen to them. I'm like, that ain't a sufficient reason. It sounds like you got pretty good kids. You just don't want to see them. You know what I'm saying? That's a you problem. You know, that's so true. You just don't want to see your kids every day. Why'd you have them? You know, I will say this, though. There are a lot. I, I, it's funny because I predicted this. I predicted this early on in the pandemic. And I did see an article recently showing that more black parents are opting for homeschooling <clears throat> for uh, their school kids' education now more than ever. In fact, we got the biggest bump out of every other group. Right. And I said this was going to happen. And the reason why I knew it was going to happen because early on in the pandemic, I met a lot of black mothers who said their kids are doing better at home with them. I, I, that shocked me because they were like, oh, my kid wasn't doing that great at school anyway. And then I get home with me. And they're fine. I was able to instruct them or support them. And they weren't being picked. Basically, their black kids weren't being picked on by teachers all day. And they were able to actually get the help that they needed and resources that they needed. And so I noticed that a lot more black parents are opting for homeschooling, which I think is dope. And there are a lot more uh, homeschool programs that I like. My my, my niece is in one. Yeah, my my, my nephew's in one. Yeah, my niece is in a homeschool program, but she's not. She's homes. She's not really taught by her parents. They have a teacher. Mm. And the teacher converted her home into a school or a back house into a school. And so they go to the teacher's house. It's not online. They do two days online and they do three days in in school. Oh, nice. And they're there for like maybe half a day. Um, but they get but this is really it's really small because you can only have a certain amount for it to still count as a homeschool. Yeah. So I think there's at max seven students in the entire school, right? And you know what's funny is that I heard a lot of teachers complaining about the whole of uh, long distance learning and they're told oh, the kids need to be in school because friends. Okay, I understand that if the kid is kindergarten, but kids today are so disconnected based on social media. Like they're together. They're together in so many different kinds of ways outside of being at school. I did Well, actually, I'd argue that I, I agree and disagree. I'd argue that they're more connected because, for no, example, I mean, like, you know, no, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, not disconnected. Well, I probably should have said connected because they're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. They're connected in all these different kind of ways. So being in the in the school building is not, you know. Right. OK, yes. That's what know. I was going to say. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 100 percent. Exactly. Because I've noticed now, like, for example, when I was a kid, if you change schools, you may or may not hear from Man, your other friends again. Ever again. 
<laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> you might run into them a few years later at Ralph's, yep, you know, yep, at the grocery store. Yeah. So like, so now though, these kids, they stay friends for fucking ever. Or yep, they know each yep. other forever. You know what yep. I mean? Mm-hmm. One of my kids, I was like, how do you know this person? She said, oh, from Instagram. Because they had this girl, she's a homegirl in their neighborhood, you know, kind of found out. No, a lot of these kids, they know each other from school. So they're not actually talking to kids all over the world as much as I thought. Most of them are talking to other local kids on their Instagram and social media. So what they're doing, for example, you know, they talk to kids from other local schools and shit like that. Um, or kids in their neighborhoods that they might not have met. Because especially nowadays, if you live in a big city, there are a lot of schools nowadays. There are more schools now in South Central than there were when I was coming up. Right. So a lot of these, so a lot of, it's not like back in the day when your neighbor probably went to your same school. Like you might live in the same building as a motherfucker that go to a different school, right, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so these kids, I think, are doing a really good job to be able to stay social. They don't need the school to do that, you know? And to be real, they don't even really get that much time at school to be social. Most right. of it, they, they're told to shut up and sit down and read your book. Yeah, they don't have know? no time there. They don't give them no time to do nothing. You got like 30 minutes for lunch, 15 minutes for recess or nutrition, and maybe sometime in PE if y'all bullshit. And it's, 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 it's even more like that now in the pandemic because right they're pretty much handcuffed you can't do this can't do that when school is out you got to get out of the building you know what i'm saying the pandemic didn't make it no better it made it worse you know what i'm saying there's so many rules and regulations and i mean damn like it's ridiculous you know what i'm saying it's a lot you know for for kids like even to go use the bathroom you like at the school i work at they put these arrows in the in the uh in the uh hallways where if you're going one way you it's almost like being in a car if you're going one way you got to be on this side of the of the uh floor if you're going a different way you need to be on the other side of the arrow now of course kids don't listen to that shit you know what i'm saying they just be walking you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i don't know why they did that and they ain't even they ain't impressing them about it but still it's like why why'd you do that you know what it's I mean? so like, funny because you just it's like people who know kids and work with kids should know better yeah with 1600 kids right? <laughs> 1600 1600 fucking kids and you're gonna get them to all to walk on the right or the left side of the hallway you can't get six kids to do that <laughs> exactly you can't get six kids anybody who's ever worked with kids okay and how long ask any teacher how long did it take anybody who teach who ever taught elementary school how long did it take for you to get them kids to learn how to stand in line and be quiet so y'all can get from one part of the school to the uh, the other without distracting the whole september you ain't gonna get that done until about march (laughs) (laughs) it'll be about march when they figure that out now, mind you, these kids, they don't, they in second grade, they didn't just stand in line since preschool mm-hmm. and they still, you still got to talk to them because they, mm-hmm. they arguing, somebody stepping on somebody's shoes, somebody in the wrong lines, you know, you know how this shit goes. That's why somebody, they get rid of, that's why they get rid of that concept when they get to middle school. You don't see middle school kids having to stand in <laughs> line. Damn line. Are you serious? <laughs> Hey, it's not standing in no line. <laughs> that is so true. They're going to look at that teacher like, dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting time. Let us just go. Can we leave? You know, but people, it's, that's why it trips me out when schools do things. I can tell the decision makers don't know shit about the kids. No, they don't. I, they don't. They don't. I can always tell because the people who know kids, whenever they make decisions, they keep that. They keep in mind who's actually on campus and what's actually happening right, right. versus what they think should magically happen because it happened at the old school. Right. <laughs> you know right exactly um and you have to tell them like yo it don't work like that with these kids these are not kids who are used to being talked to this way these are kids who are not able to you know these kids who deal with a lot of trauma they don't sit still for no 30 minutes you right. better come up with an activity in five right yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. remember i told that to the person who had an assembly 
And I told her, because you know, and they had the multi-purpose room set up. And I'll be thinking to myself, this lady, how do I explain this? You have people who partner with schools, you know, people in the community who are like, oh, I have this program and I want to oh, yeah. teach oh, yeah. art. I do, I do with know? them every day. Yeah. And then it was this lady who wanted to do like some presentation. I forgot what it was about, but it was for black girls or some shit, you know, empowerment, black girl empowerment type mm-hmm. shit. <clears throat> and it was a great idea. But I could tell but the, the lady knew nothing is about kids. Gonna be bad. Right. And I could tell she knew nothing about kids. She just said God spoke to her and said that she should be doing this. So I'm thinking oh, to myself. <laughs> you wasn't listening. He didn't say do that. He said do something else. <laughs> he said learn some shit first. Yeah, I'm pretty he, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you just jumped out here trying to do a program. And mm-hmm. so, you know, she got inspired when to do this program. And I told her, I, I said, okay, well, because they were trying to get my after school program to uh, make sure that we, my kids were there early. And I was just like, okay. Um, but the kids that are in my program are all kids who are kicked out of their other programs. <laughs> right, 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 right. So do you really think you're going to be able to reach these kids? Right. So we, do you have a presentation that will be interactive? 90% of my kids were diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of them, and that might even be an overdiagnosis, but a lot of these kids got issues and they don't sit still very long. I, even I know within five minutes, I better have some sort of physical activity or my class will go berserk. I knew right, that. Right. And I was like 20, <laughs> 21 or some shit. So I tell this lady this. I'm like, okay. I tell her, I said, well, if you're going to do the presentation, make sure you have activities, something to get the kids to kind of stand up and move around at least within 10 minutes, right? right. Because what happens is kids will start to get restless. Um, there, some of the kids' attention span, I knew which kids in particular too, especially in my program, um, they're, they're, they're only going to watch you for about 10 seconds. And then they're going to be worried about what everybody else is doing around them, right? Talking, kicking somebody, throwing something, fidgeting with something. So I, and I know how that shit, and once it starts, it's hard to stop it because all the kids start reacting. And the next thing you know, the principal got to come in and yell, everybody need to quiet. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I hate, I hated all that shit. Right. So I told her, I said, you got to have some, something that's interactive with them, not just talking to them and expecting them to respond. So that's, that, that call and response shit is cool, but it don't, that for little kids, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No, at all. So she didn't listen to me. She gets up there. She talked for like maybe 20 minutes. I, re- I was surprised she was able to get, get it in that long. Because, you know, she did have some call and response. I think she had a little song or something. I was surprised she was able to get it in as long as she did, though. But she was talking for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, and they we, got tired after a while. You know they got tired as fuck. All of, one of the kids started just shouted out, this is boring. She ain't doing nothing. <laughs> right. See? <laughs> it was a wrap. But see, people who know kids know. And first of all, kids, they, they don't have the same filter we have. Right. That that part of their brain ain't even online yet. They don't even have the ability to think that far ahead. Right, <laughs> the consequences right, right. for their actions, they still learning what that is, right? It's, they're still trying to figure out why do I have to sit here and do this? <laughs> exactly. What, what, why am, the, what I, am I getting out of this? Why can't we play kickball? You right, know, why right, are we about right. here? You, you said we had art on Wednesdays. This ain't art. You know, what is this shit? Right. But that's my whole thing. I can always tell people who don't know shit about working with kids. They always do that. And, and, and if you just work with people, that's the other thing. If you know how to work with people, you know how to come up with plans that actually work. But people who don't know how to work with kids, they always in positions of power, always making some fucking decisions. Right. And then they're the main ones who fuck up shit for people who do want to do the right thing and do right. want to teach properly. Right. Because those same people don't have the support. Because I can't just be doing my trauma-informed care and then the principal comes in and undoes everything I just did. Right, right. And that's what ends up happening. That's, that's exactly, always what happens. That's, that's always what happens. They they undo everything you've done. And then when they, they don't realize they fucked it up until later. And then they want to, oh, well, you know, and then it, by that time you gone and they got to try to come back with your idea with somebody else. Right. That's just yeah. how it always happens that way. Yeah. 
I, you know, and I get, it's funny because when I teach teachers, right? And that was the number one thing. And it'll be like, yeah, we love all the stuff that you teach. I agree. Great stuff. Awesome. When am I going to get time to do this shit? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. When the system that we currently have to work under does not allow for any of the shit that you're talking about. Right. We don't have the time to actually sit there and listen to our students. I would love to sit and listen to my students because that would help me be a better teacher. But they also only gave me 30 minutes to teach this lesson. Right. How do I That's fit that in? Shit. That's cold. Ain't that they, some they, shit? They really you think don't about have it? time. They don't give them time at all. You don't have time. And it's sad because the kids don't really get out of it what the teacher wants them to get out of it. Teachers don't even have time to make announcements. We had PSAT last week. We had to figure out a time during class <laughs> instruction for them to tell students about PSAT. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where we at with they it. Don't, they, and then we expect the kids to have all this information retained by the end of the day. Right. You know, and then, and then expect them to do more work when they get home. We don't really have a, any... It's not even about learning the material. It's about getting through the material. And I think that's right. what happens to a lot of teachers. How can they sit there? And you work in a community where you know these kids are dealing with drama. I don't give a fuck what your excuses are. Oh, these kids, the problem is the parents. Yes, it probably is. Now what? Yeah, yeah, we know that. <laughs> it probably Okay, is. so now you know that. Now what? Right. And we know the community that we're in. And we know the stuff that this community is dealing with and suffering with and trying to figure out. You knew this when you got this job. Yeah. Now, now, this is why I always say this. When you filled out that application, you said you love doing that. You love working with underprivileged kids and kids from uh, low socioeconomic backgrounds. And you said that. But now that you got the job, you don't want to work. Right. You don't want to work now. You know what I'm saying? But you're hogging up all the jobs. Right. You got excuses and you're not making and you making it harder for everybody else. Yeah. Because by the time they get to my class, they done went to three bullshit teachers and they sick of the day. Right. Exactly. Because exactly. they've, they've been picking on young Marcus since he was in fucking kindergarten. And now I got him and I'm trying to figure so I, and I have no support. If I don't have other teachers that are learning the same shit, if I don't got a principal that's going to back me up. Because what happens is I come in. This will happen to me all the time when I ran my when I ran my program in Watts. I finally, I get a kid to, 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 in a situation where I got them to deescalate. I'm calm the situation. I'm getting information to, about the, whatever occurred, the fight or whatever it was that occurred. And here comes some motherfucker walking in. You're going to get this, you're gonna get, threatening them and all. And then right. what, then what happens? The kid shuts down. I don't get, I don't know. I don't know shit just that wasted, would happen. This is a waste of time. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know how to help this kid. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop it from happening again. Cause somebody had to come in and just start yelling and, and making threats. And you're going right. to get suspended. Like, or the kid's crying. I don't want you, my mom to get a whooping. Don't tell my mom I'm get a whooping. So this kid's having right. a fucking panic attack and can't breathe. Right. We, you know what I'm saying? I was, that shit would happen to me all the time. So you have to have the support. So it really sucks is even if you are the person who's trying to have some sense in the space, it's hard when the system or the people around you can't support you. Right. So basically what we're saying is, you know, just to double back, we're talking about this lady who who hit um, that guy. We don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not about to play the gender game or the race game and assume because she's black and a single mother that she gets a pass for cre- doing some heinous shit like that. All I'm saying is, is that something's going on. Something was going on before that happened. Now, hopefully we find out what was going on. I mean, it ain't going to make a difference to the family of the, young, the the man that was killed. It ain't going to make a difference to her family because we got to remember her family is going through this now because now she got two children out here that don't have a mother. I don't know where the father is. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot that needs to be unpacked with that situation. But for the people that's, you know, on Twitter and all the different places that's trying to make excuses and want to, you know, throw themselves in the middle of it, go to hell. It's really that simple. Just go go to hell. You know what I'm saying? I'll probably end up meeting you there anyway. Speaking of throwing yourselves in the middle of some shit, I'm sure you guys heard that 
the young black woman that led the walkout amongst Netflix employees because they were upset about Chappelle's show, not Chappelle's show, um, Dave Chappelle's stand-up, his latest stand-up. Um, they're upset about some of the content in it regarding trans people. Right. And this black woman isn't trans or part of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community as far as I know. And uh, <laughs> she ends up getting fired. Now, the Chappelle show... As you know, if you guys have been listening or been paying attention, has been under a lot of scrutiny. People are hating on it, are upset about it because he made some jokes about the trans community um, and even talked about his friend who was trans and people were upset that he, you know, did the my best friend is trans thing. Uh, so my best friend's a trans thing. Um, and there were a lot of other things people were upset about, I guess. So they, some of the employees, so when Netflix stood behind Dave Chappelle, despite all the heat that he was getting for this standup, some of the employees at Netflix decided to walk out. It wasn't very many. Uh, when I saw the article, it said a couple dozen. So it wasn't very many. Um, but, you know, they had walked out. So the way the story is being told is that the girl who organized the walkout was being fired due to having organized the walkout, you know, and fighting for trans people. Well, in reality, she was let go because she leaked financial information to Bloomberg. So that's why she was fired. But the way people are trying to push it is like Netflix is some sort of transphobic organization because they stood by Dave Chappelle and and they're not pulling the special and they fired this young lady. Right. So, Kenny, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? <clears throat> so first things first, this is how I am when it comes to comedians. And I'm and I love comedians. I'm talking, I mean, whether it's Paul Mooney, Rodney Dangerfield, Andrew Dice Clay, um, shit. I've been I've been watching those HBO specials. I, I can still remember the Andrew Dice Clay HBO special. I believe that was in like 1990, either 89 or 90. That shit was crazy. Like it was rated X. That was like one of the first comedy specials on TV to be rated X or something like that. Um, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Martin. Martin, you so crazy is still top three. One of the comedy specials I ever seen. This is the thing. Comedians are basically a mirror to society. And this is another thing. You ain't got to like it. You don't have to like it. Now, if he's lying, that's different. If Dave Chappelle is lying, that's a different story. I don't know. I don't even, I think it, because it's in a routine, even if he's lying. Well, it's a ru- it's a routine, <laughs> but the type of comedian that Dave Chappelle, see, Dave Chappelle is a lot of Richard Pryor, is a lot of Dick Gregory. I see what you're saying. Is a lot of Moms Mabley, if you know your if you know I your get, comedy. Yeah, I get exactly you know what, what you're saying. So it's not they the speak fact to that, real life. So absolutely. So yeah. this is the thing. It is a routine. Dio Hewley does the same type of comedy, but his is more political. It mm-hmm. is a routine, but mixed in that routine is a little bit of truth. And I get thing, what you're saying. The man. things yeah. that Dave Chappelle was saying, this this is the thing. Just because you live a certain type of lifestyle does not mean you off limits. Dave Chappelle on the Chappelle show, which was in 04, that's how long ago it was. He had a skit called The Nigger Family. Did nobody get outraged about that? He had a skit with a dude named Tyrone Biggums, who's a crackhead. Right, right. The black white supremacist, Clayton Biggums. Right. Nobody had a problem with that. Now, one of the things that I noticed is a lot of these white people, white liberals, that have a whole lot to say about black folks. And one thing I don't like about that white people will do to a certain degree, not all white people, a lot of white people will do this. They will assume another identity so they can be a minority because they want to get away from the privilege that they have inherently based on the system of white supremacy. So now they start taking up on all these different identities. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that, I'm not saying that that's who that that's not who they are. Maybe they maybe it is who they are. But I noticed that they'll use it as a weapon. 
and they start to victim bully people. And what Dave Chappelle is basically saying is, get the fuck off my people. Mm-hmm. Get off my people. I don't give a fuck about your lifestyle. You're going to leave my people alone. That's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like that. Now, as far as the Netflix people, look, that's Netflix problem. That ain't black folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's Netflix problem. Netflix, they never hired the right black folks. They never have. They right. never do. A lot of right. these organizations, these um, media corporations, they go out of their way to hire the wrong black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There, there is no way that you have people like Shaka Senghor, even 50 Cent. And they're putting content out. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, they fuck with Dave Chappelle, but I mean, shit, you'd have to be a fucking idiot not to. He's a top-selling comedian in the world right now. You know what I'm saying? So you'd be a fool not to. But that, what they did with Monique, where was these same white folks when, when Monique got did the way she got did? Right. Nowhere to be found. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's a bunch of bullshit. And only and- black people were talking about it. White media exactly. was talking about that shit. They didn't give a fuck. Amy Schumer didn't comment. Right. Exactly. They gave Amy Schumer a whole bunch of money. She ain't funny at all. Not even a little bit. She ain't even funny. You know what I'm saying? So definitely the way the way Netflix the way Netflix does business is very arbitrary. You know what I'm saying? Very arbitrary the way they do business. You know what I'm saying? So well, uh, this is so this is my thing from beginning to end. One, I saw the whole special. I went and watched it, which is funny to me because I think that was part of the plan anyway. I think because at this point, I mean, Chappelle's been talking about the same shit. (laughs) You know. For three specials now. Right. And every time he does, it gets a lot of clicks. It gets... Mm-hmm. And, it, and and I, someone who probably wasn't going to check it out anyway, I only went to check it so I could know what I was talking... or So I could at least know what people were talking about and I would know what I was talking about before I commented on it. <clears throat> but I wasn't really interested in watching it. I, I think Dave Chappelle is funny, but sometimes I just got to see... I'd rather just see the clips that are already funny. Sometimes he's not always funny to me. <laughs> um, right. But... In watching the special, I thought there was more outrageous, more stuff to be outraged about than that, than the trans stuff. Right. I actually didn't think, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, I mean, he made a joke about pedophilia. Yeah. Sexual abuse. Yeah. I didn't even know that joke was in there. Nobody talked about that. Nobody talked about that. Never came up. And that was triggering for me. I worked with kids who've been sexually abused. That's a very triggering joke. Yeah. Right? So... That never even came up. Okay. I thought that was the wildest shit. On the- <laughs> One of the wildest jokes on the whole thing. When he got to the stuff about the trans community, what's interesting is he even clarified he was specifically talking about the white LGBTQ community. Yeah. Which is funny because I thought that was clear in the other specials. Um, But hey, whatever. People were offended. And this is the other thing for me. I can't say what you can and can't be offended by. I didn't like the pedo the pedo joke. Some people probably thought it was hilarious. You know, <clears throat> I can't tell you what's what you find funny. Whatever you offended, it hurt your feelings. You didn't like it. Cool, I got you. Do you know how many offensive stand up comics there are? Do you know how many <laughs> things are on Netflix right now that are racist as fuck, probably right. homophobic as fuck, right. and y'all don't even know what's on there? It's stand up. Right. Most most of my life, most stand up I've heard has been racist as fuck outside of black people, and sometimes yeah. even them. Yeah, Artie Lang. What's the one other dude named? I call him the jo- I call him the Joe Rogan comics. All the dudes yeah. that be hanging around Joe Rogan, they all say <laughs> suspect racist shit. And some of that don't even be suspect. Some of that shit just, just straight up racist. racist. Yeah. Look, uh, what, I, I, Jew, I mentioned that Jewish one lady, Liza oh. Lampanelli. Well, then the, the one Jewish chick. What's her name? Um, the dark haired Jewish chick. She's racist in the mouth. Oh, uh, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah Silverman. 
Silver Silverman. But I was going to say, uh, Liza Lampanelli has a whole career being racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. So in stand-up comedy, there's offensive shit. This shit I completely abhor in a lot of these stand-ups. That's why I don't even like most white stand-up comedians. Because some always say, oh, there's some shit that pisses me off. You know what I never did? I never said that we should cancel their stand-up. Because it's stand-up. It's offensive. You don't have to watch it. You can be offended. That's fine. I don't get what makes this the thing that you have to fight Netflix over. Right. Of all the homophobic, racist content that exists, both in stand-up comedy and outside of it, on Netflix, why was this the thing that was the worst thing ever? And then I saw the excuse about, oh, this is what inspires violence against trans people. What's funny is people who are 100% transphobic and hateful and angry towards trans people, they wouldn't have even liked that special. Because I thought, if you're a transphobe, you wouldn't have liked how kind he was being, you know, in the conversation. I think that I don't because he was clearly he has a whole friend who's trans. Why would a person who's transphobic or hates trans people like that special and be inspired to now hurt them after he just said he had a friend that was transphobic? I mean, that was a right. trans uh, that was transgender. Right. And his, one of his friends that was transgender. I think he passed away. Uh, she passed away uh, last year. Yeah, Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so I thought it was really interesting that they try to say, oh, this is what incites violence. And. I don't see what he said that would have incited any violence towards anyone. There was no, there is no violence being incited towards towards anyone. This and is you don't agree with his opinions. That, I get that's that different. Too. That's different. You can rebuttal. You can rebuttal someone's opinion by not trying to throw violent language out there and accusing them of right. harming someone or vi- being violent towards someone. But this is what these people do. You know what I'm saying? This is what they do. You know what I'm saying? They do this all the time, especially on Twitter, on social media. They're always accusing someone of being violent towards them, but that's what they do. We can search their tweets and they talk shit about everybody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. And they expect people to just put up with it because they're trans, because they're gay, because... No, 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 no. You don't get to be harmful to anybody regardless of your lifestyle, regardless of your race. You don't get a... You're not allowed to do that. Right. You know, if someone, Reg- I, I like what you're saying. Regardless of how you identify... You don't, you're not allowed to harm anybody. Whether it's race, whether it's gender, whatever it is, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't excuse you harming someone if you weren't defense... If it wasn't self-defense. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to me how somehow identity means that I can now say something ignorant. It's like, even black people tell me some stupid shit like that. Right. I'm black. That's why I can say that. No, it was still... No, 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 no. It's still coonish. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, still, it's still some white supremacist bullshit. It doesn't not become white supremacist bullshit because Larry Elder's black. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. It doesn't work that way. So... But that's, what, that's what they've... And that's what I noticed that they started doing. They tried to cancel Dave Chappelle, which is not going to happen. They didn't want to really talk about what it is that he said. It was the simple fact that they were mentioned. They're like... They're, they're, identity was mentioned. Now, Dave Chappelle mentioned everybody. White folks, black folks, black women, black men, children. He don't give a fuck. He mentions everybody. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, it's almost like the whole saying the, the, um, what is it Martin Luther King says in Injustice uh, Anywhere is, what is, what is it? It's a, Justice Anywhere is Injustice Everywhere. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So wait a minute. It don't matter to you if you say anything about anybody else. You know what I'm saying? It's only when it's, when they say it to you. You know what I'm saying? That That's how we, that's why I always look at a lot of these people like they just full of shit. Whether you trans or not, you full of shit. That's what you are. You know what I don't like that people do is if when you critique them or critique someone a cr- like, for example, Kamala Harris. If you hate Kamala Harris, you must hate black women. It, I, it's the I, same I thing. Even, and I've seen that so many times. And even as a black woman, 
I'm telling this to sometimes to a, a non-black person and a non-woman, right? Um, I'll be talking to this person and I'm like, what are you talking about? She is not a person who's good for black women. She doesn't like black women either. She don't. Her policies show you that. Exactly. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.